0: Amen. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes this morning about freedom. Um, This, the third Sunday of Advent, I want to talk to you about the joy of forgiveness. And in no way do we experience the freedom in Christ like we do through the forgiveness of Christ, through the forgiveness that God brings through his one and only Son coming to the earth dying on a cross, being buried, resurrecting from the dead, and offering forgiveness to each and every one of us. Before I get to that, I, I just wa- I kind of have a question. Any of you guys feeling like you're getting old faster this year? Maybe, Or is it just me? Like this year, I don't know if it's the not moving around a lot or what. I, I heard a story not too long ago about this elderly couple, and they do like an annual checkup with their doctor regularly. Uh, and they go in together, they have the same doctor, so they went in and one of the things they were concerned about was their forgetfulness, they wanted that checked out, so they go in and see the doctor, the doctor is really happy with, pleased with all the results, talks to them, the husband and wife and says listen everything looks really good, I know you're concerned about your memory Um, and she said to them, she said just a suggestion, sometimes I suggest this if forgetfulness is an issue Make sure you write stuff down. Just write stuff down and carry a notepad in your pocket, and that usually can help a lot. So they went home, and later that uh, evening, they were watching TV. They decided to celebrate the good results of their health exam. And um, the guy got up from his lazy boy and said, you know what? I'd like some ice cream. And the wife said, well, I would love ice cream too. And she said, but could you put some hot fudge on my ice cream? And she said, and write it down. And he said, no problem. Don't worry about it. I got it right here. Hot fudge on the ice cream. It's not a, not a worry. So she said, well, I would also like whipped cream on the hot fudge and the ice cream. So remember what the doctor said. Write it down. He says, I can remember that. Ice cream, hot fudge, whipped cream on top of that. Not a problem. I got it right here, right? So she says, well, I know it's getting complex here with all this stuff. You're going to have to remember, I would like a cherry on top of that. And he says, no problem. She said, write it down. Doctor said to write it down. He says, I've got it. I've got it. Ice cream, hot fudge, whipped cream, cherry on top. I'll be back in a little bit. So into the kitchen he goes. He's in there for about 45 minutes. He comes back out. She hears all kinds of clanging going on. He comes back out, and he's got bacon and eggs on a plate. And she looked at him, and she said, I told you to write it down. You forgot my toast. Anyway... <laughs> That has nothing to do with what I want to talk to you about today, but hopefully they could forgive each other for their memory lapse. Anyway, Psalm 32, I just can relate to that story, actually. Psalm 32, verse 1, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Isn't that amazing? mate? that just that scripture just feels good, doesn't it? Especially coming out of that song, Freedom, because there is just this feeling of freedom, this sense of freedom. Now, Jesus had a lot of challenging words that he said when it came to freedom and it came to uh, things like forgiveness. And at one point in Luke 6, he says this. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, that scripture, a lot of times we reference to our giving financially, but the truer context here, and it's not that it's invalid that way, but the truer context is that this is really about our offering of forgiveness, And the more we offer forgiveness, the more we open ourselves up to the goodness of God and the provision of God. So in this Advent season, this week as we talk about things like the coming of Christ in our life, we talk about joy and forgiveness, one of the things that God promises us and Jesus clearly says is this in John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In other words, on this Advent Sunday, we remember that Jesus came. We wait for Jesus to come continuously in our life to bring forgiveness, but that's really one of the core reasons Jesus came to the world was to bring forgiveness, not condemnation. Now, Jesus also said that offenses would surely come, and I think we could all relate to that, right? Like, offenses can most of the time come daily, They vary in severity, right? It could be things as small as being cut off when you're driving. And um, I know I've cut some people off. I know I've cut some people off in this church because they've waved at me with just one finger when uh, I've done that before. But this, this issue of forgiveness, which applies to things like that and offering forgiveness, can apply to the most severest of abuses that happen in our life. So this is a big invitation. This is a core invitation. In some ways, maybe nothing outside of actually receiving God's love and giving God's love, there may not be anything more clearly talked about in Scripture than offering forgiveness and receiving forgiveness. Jesus made it a clear topic over and over and over. Not only was his life about bringing no condemnation to the world, but also to offer it to each and every one of us and then to have us offer it to one another. Now, some clarifying definitions that I think can help, just simple definitions when it comes to forgiveness and unforgiveness would be this. Forgiveness is just, think about it this way, it's just releasing from an offense, So, when you are offended in one way or I'm offended in one way, forgiveness is simply to release that other person from their offense, right? That's okay. That offense, too. Anyway, releasing from offense. Now, understand releasing from offense, like there's not a gift of forgiveness. You and I don't receive the gift of forgiveness other than the gift God offers us, but we don't have, you don't walk around like a gift of faith. You, you have to, you have to take a, make a choice to forgive. So forgiveness is releasing from an offense, but it's a choice we make. We release by choice people from debt. We release by choice people from anger that sometimes maybe they deserve. We release by choice bitterness that could try to get into our heart or resentfulness, right? So it's not a gift, it's a choice we make. Now, unforgiveness is simply the opposite of that. The exact opposite, it's to hold on to an offense. It's to carry that offense. It's to lock into it and not let go of those things in ways that we've been offended. Now, sometimes people get confused, and they get almost worried, like unforgiveness at times is held in our hearts because we feel like by forgiving the offender that somehow that releases them to abuse us again. But that's not what Jesus ever says. That would be an issue of trust. And trust is something that is earned. It is not the same as forgiveness. If someone offends you... It doesn't necessarily mean in order for you to forgive them that you trust them fully. Sometimes trust has to be built over long periods of time. Sometimes trust is never regained when it's abused. One, one uh, person put it this way, that trust is earned in drops, but it's lost in buckets. Have you ever experienced that? Now, the Scripture also tells us that in Hebrews twelve fifteen. That unforgiveness is like a poison. It's like a bitterness in our life. It literally has an effect on our life in every way. Hebrews puts it this way. It says, Look at each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness or unforgiveness could be replaced there. Grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Bitterness is like a root of a plant that can begin to spread, so literally what the scripture tells us is unforgiveness or bitterness is like a poison, and the truth is it that unforgiveness can negatively affect our lives like a poison in our mentally it can affect us. Have you ever had somebody tell you or have you ever personally stayed up because you were just? You are just upset about something somebody did to you. And it begins to mentally affect the way that you go about your life. It can physically affect us. We have people that have told me that unforgiveness actually made them feel like they were having a heart attack. Because they got so anxious over it. It can emotionally affect us. It can make us feel like we are being oppressed by something that may not even be happening in our life right now, but we're carrying a story of bitterness and unforgiveness with us. Spiritually, it certainly has a, an impact on our lives. Jesus clearly measured our level of forgiveness with how we offer it to other people. He does it time and time again. Some have told me that unforgiveness made them feel like they were being handcuffed by other people. And then financially, It can have a negative effect on our finances. All you have to do is go down to the divorce court and see almost daily in divorce court, for instance, that unforgiveness can drive people to do things like take other people to court for no other reason other than they're unforgiving. And the cost can be astronomical. Now, unforgiveness or bitterness, also we need to understand, can't be compartmentalized. For some reason, we have this sense at times, that we can take a piece of our heart, like a corner of our heart, and just use that for unforgiveness. I can keep my unforgiveness toward that person or that situation or that circumstance. I can keep that unforgiveness, and it won't affect the rest of my heart. And it's just not true. The reality of bitterness and unforgiveness in our life is it, it, it creates a systemic effect on our life that it affects all of our relationships. You may not feel exactly the same way about other people that you feel about the person that you haven't forgiven, but don't kid yourself that that unforgiveness is a poison, it says in Hebrews, and it infects our whole heart. So it's important that we not only offer forgiveness, but we receive forgiveness. And some of us on this day maybe simply need to forgive ourselves, and maybe that's the place to start something that we've done in the past that we need to allow God to forgive us of our sins and just move on from. Now, there's a few benefits of forgiveness that I think are important for us to talk about here briefly. And here they are. The first thing is forgiveness. One of the beautiful benefits of forgiveness is forgiveness clears the air. Have you ever noticed that unforgiveness creates an environment in your life? you ever notice? think about somebody, if you have somebody in your life that maybe you haven't totally released. Do you ever notice that like if they show up, like if you were at the grocery store, you might avoid them because you don't want to have contact with them. Or the thought of their name even now creates a certain environment in your life. Well, the scripture tells us in Luke chapter 6 verse 28, Jesus says, To pray for those who mistreat you. Now, it's really interesting that this issue of forgiveness, one of the translations, one of the interpretations of the word forgiveness, literally means to exhale. In other words, to release. Just think of release, exhaling, just breathing. Breathing in the clear air that God has for your environment of your life and also releasing those people to the clear air that God has for them. Some of you can maybe relate to this in that when that person that's offended you before shows up in your vicinity, that you've actually kind of kicked automatically into breath prayer. You just are under your breath, kind of sighing and breathing. Well, Jesus encourages us to connect it to praying for those that mistreat us. Now, some of us think, well, I've done that scripture. I've prayed for Bill. I have, a, I have a root of bitterness toward Bill, and I pray for him. I pray for him all the time that he would receive eternal hemorrhoids. I pray for that. That isn't what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is that we would pray. This is a good place to start. I would pray that, that God's work would be done. In that person or those people's lives, we also see a bene- the benefit of the anchor that is sometimes chained around our leg can be broken. It breaks the anchor of unhelpful past from our life. See, ungrateful or unforgiveness keeps us chained to our past story. By not releasing people, by holding things in uh, people in unforgiveness, literally, you remember those old cartoons, the, the, old per, the guy that was in jail, he'd have on the striped shirt and the striped pants, and around his leg he would have that chain with a big ball on the end, and it was so he couldn't, if he did get out of jail, he couldn't run away. That's literally what we do when we don't release people. We chain ourselves to our past story, which is no longer God's intent to be our story. The unhelpful part of that God wants us to release, and it is keeping you and I from our destiny. Do you ever wonder why we use these terms? I hold a grudge. I'm harboring a grudge. I nurse a grudge. He's a pain in my neck. These are all anchoring terms. I'm having hard feelings. They're anchoring terms which holds us to a place that God wants broken in our lives, whereas forgiveness breaks those chains of our unhelpful history and propels us into the future that God has for us. Who knows what God has for us if we would stop dragging around that old story or those old stories? They are keeping us from the goodness that we so desire and long for. Another benefit is a life of forgiveness is transgenerational. I'll just leave it at this. Understand, everyone, we are passing down and around an example of forgiveness or unforgiveness. Our children watch our forgiveness and unforgiveness. Our grandchildren, if you have grandchildren, watch forgiveness and unforgiveness— Young people, watch one another in forgiveness and unforgiveness. Your family members are watching it, and the world is watching. If the church could bring anything to the world, it should be a spirit of forgiveness. And it should go arching over generations. The power of passing down transgenerational forgiveness. I think of the story of the father and the prodigal son. And this beautiful example, and I'm convinced personally the reason the younger brother comes back home is because he watched his father be such an example of forgiveness. And even at the end of the story when he's talking with the older brother, the father is still attempting to impart a spirit of transgenerational forgiveness into his children. Which leads me to the last thing that I want to mention here as a benefit That forgiveness releases provision. Forgiveness brings increase in your life. If we circle back around to where we started earlier in Luke chapter 6, Jesus said it this way. He said, forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. In other words, give forgiveness, it will be given to you. A good measure, press down, shaken together, and running over, it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When Jesus showed up on the scene, the floodgates were opened in our lives. The floodgates of not only forgiveness, but the floodgates of provision for everything going on in our lives. This Advent season, as we open ourselves up, to the joy of forgiveness, know that God is just waiting to release provision in your life and mine. So Father, even now we open ourselves. We open ourselves to your Spirit and we pray, God, that you'd help us take practical steps this Advent season as we wait for the full release of your goodness in our lives. Give us practical steps of being people known for forgiveness. Giving it and receiving it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: week um, with the courage to begin to do some good work in your own soul around forgiveness. Scott uh, recommended the book God Meant It for Good by R.T. Kendall for all the small groups, but those of you who are not in a small group, in a small group of one, you might want to pull that book off the shelf and read it, God Meant It for Good. R.T. Kendall. You might want to take a look at some of the questions um, here that will be up on the website. What negative effects have you experienced from unforgiveness? Why is the practice of forgiveness so challenging? What is your favorite forgiveness story? And is there someone Jesus is asking you to forgive? And what step will you take to that end? So just listen to what the invitation is from God. You know, maybe one of those questions, maybe all of them. And uh, and may you just go in the forgiveness of God, giving and receiving every day, praying the Our Father, forgive me my debts as I forgive those who have been indebted to me. Forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. Forgive me my sins as I have forgiven those who sinned against me. God, let us hear what you're inviting us to do today. Receiving and giving forgiveness. Bless our friends. May they be the ones that are bringing it this week. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys. We'll see you all the ways every day this week on our website and on Facebook and, uh, and next week. God bless you all.